Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. This is your host, Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We have now been providing information, support, and resources to individuals who currently are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease now for 12 marvelous, magnificent years. If you'd like more information about all of our resources, just remember the main website, which is the portal to all the other websites, and that website is www.parkinsonsrecovery.com. I receive emails from people all the time, and the request is, could you have this person or that person on this show? I understand they're doing some really interesting work. Well, some of the most frequent emails I have received, could you please get this person on the show? I want to learn more about their work, is a person whose name is Noel Batten, D-N-O-E-L. His last name is B-A-T-T-E-N. Website is nolbatten.com, and I am pleased to announce that I have succeeded in being able to recruit Noel to be a guest on the radio show today. Noel, I want to speak for the thousands of listeners of the radio show in appreciation for taking the time out to be a guest today on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show. Staying with me. So. Uh, first, I'd like to start out, I know you're a natural health practitioner and have done quite a bit of work in Australia. Could you tell some folks a little bit about your background? Uh, well, Robert, I started out, uh, my mum was a natural therapist. She uh, was always uh, teaching us uh, natural therapy concepts when we were kids growing up and uh therefore, when we didn't want to go to school, we said we were sick, she would know straight away that we weren't sick. <laughs> so uh, she had a lot of knowledge with natural therapies, and we, we uh, grew up with that, which was the, the precedent to everything that I do now. And In fact, I still use some of my mother's concepts in treating people. But uh, we, we were the subject of a, an alcoholic father, and... Uh, uh, through his turmoil, um, my mother developed illnesses and I developed uh, some severe illnesses, um, epilepsy being the main one. Um, but I had symptoms of MS and bronchitis and I uh, overcame them through my mother's guidance um, and through a Dutch weightlifter. And in the process of learning how to use my mind, learning exercise, relaxation and the basic natural therapies from mum, I had an interest in uh, studying and I eventually became qualified as a natural health practitioner Burns College of Natural Medicine uh, in Brisbane. And from there, I uh, gravitated towards helping people with the same uh, respiratory, MS type um, and epilepsy type symptoms that, you know, they went through. And that's how the uh, my five-day treatment program for Parkinson's and MS um, began. I see on your website that you believe the symptoms of Parkinson's disease begin due to neck problems. How did you come to that conclusion, Noel? Well, Robert, uh, in my day one assessment, uh, when I when I first meet people and I start treating them, I do a very in-depth assessment to find out uh, their emotional state, 
their life stress, circumstances, uh, what, how their immune system is functioning, and and so on. Um, I, I started uh, over a period of the first three or four months, I found that every single Parkinson's, MS, and, and other people with other autoimmune uh, disorders like muscular rigidity disorders in particular, they all had uh, a stiff, very stiff neck muscles. And that's the problem that I suffered from when I had my, my uh, health problems when I was a teenager. I always had a sore neck. So I sort of started doing research on that, surveys on that. And when I started, uh, when I learned to read x-rays, I, I started taking x-rays and I found that every single Parkinson's patient um, as well as MS patients, if I can mention that there, have a, a misalignment at the C1 vertebra, the very base of the skull. And uh, over inspecting many, many x-rays and checking many uh, neck muscles, I found that every Parkinson's patient has uh, these two problems, excess tension in the muscles uh, around the C1, C2 area and a misalignment at the C1 vertebra. So does this mean you don't think environmental problems such as electromagnetic fields, toxins, uh, poor diet, etc., are contributing factors? Um, Robert, you know, most definitely all those things make a difference to the immune system, so they will contribute in some way. I mean, if we have an immune system that's not handling stress very well, um, and we have a misaligned C1 vertebra, we have muscle excess muscle tension in the neck um, interfering with the, the central nervous system, most definitely those, uh, those problems will, will contribute to the excess muscle tension uh, that develops in the neck to create that C1 misalignment in the first place. So, Noel, if you have come to the conclusion that the first symptom of Parkinson's disease is caused by neck problems, why do you think all Parkinson's patients develop neck problems in the first place? Well, I know this is a little difficult for a lot of people to um, understand, but every every time we as individuals go through emotional trauma, um, we suffer anxiety, we suffer um, that real in-depth stress that we internalize, those constant stressful thoughts cause a release of a hormone called noradrenaline that goes to the neck muscles and that's what causes the tension. So every one of us, when we go through ongoing stress that we can't deal with, it wears us down the excess release of noradrenaline causes that excess tension in the, in the neck muscles, which then eventually causes the C1 vertebra and, and other problems to develop. So it's, it's, the, the answer to your question is the emotional stress and the life stress that we go through is that common denominator. I noticed, Noel, that you refer to writings by Dr. James Parkinson quite regularly in your articles and videos. 
that's really a novel approach because Dr. Parkinson lived in the 1800s, and he's the doctor that Parkinson's disease is named after. Do you think that his discoveries summed up the cause and the best treatment for Parkinson's disease way back then in the early 1800s? Well, you know, Robert, most definitely. Um, when I uh, did my research, uh, my questionnaires and documenting all the assessment tests I did on Parkinson's patients every time I treated them, I eventually came to the conclusion that the next tension, the C1 misalignment, lack of sleep and, and poor breathing were the main four factors that I discovered common in all Parkinson's patients. And it wasn't until um, later on that I heard about this book, an essay on the shaking palsy by Dr. James Parkinson, and I... I got a copy. The, the original writings of Dr. Parkinson's are available um, to purchase on the internet. Uh, I have a copy for, by Kessinger Publishing's Legacy Reprints, and it's Dr. Parkinson's um, original writings. Now, if I can quote from his book, I, I found that his writings totally matched with everything I discovered in my assessment tests and checking on x-rays, and I found that really interesting. So to answer your question, yes, he definitely he definitely did find the answers back then, but he but he didn't find any solutions. Uh, and I believe I have found the solutions, but not not on my own bat. I, other therapists have helped me, and and so on. But let me, if I may, let me quote uh, his from his writings um, under the heading of supposed proximate cause. He has this written. A diseased state of the medulla spinalis in that part which is contained in the canal formed by the superior cervical vertebra and extending as the disease proceeds to the medulla oblongata. That sort of clearly states that during autopsies, um, he, he found that there was a diseased state of the medulla spinalis and that's the part of the medulla that goes down into the canal inside the C1 and C2 vertebra. And that canal is oblong. So if you, if you have a misaligned C1 and or C2, the oblong canal will twist the central nervous system the same as, have you ever heard of the Indian rope burn? We used to do it to kids at school. We'd grab the, their forearm with their, both our hands and twist one one way and push the other one one way and, and the and the wrist would burn. Do you, do you remember that, Robert? Yeah, actually I do. <laughs> that brings back a memory so, from way back then. I know. <laughs> I remember kids <laughs> doing it to me unexpectedly. But that's more or less uh, the way that, that that's what happens to the central nervous system at the, uh, the medulla spinalis inside the C1, C2, and C3 vertebra. If they twist out of alignment because the cavity is oblong, it will twist the whole central nervous system, similar to an Indian rope burn. So in that instance, any number of nerves that go anywhere into the body can be uh, suppressed and cause numbness, tingling, tremors, uh, stiffness in the muscles, and, and therefore uh, a, a diagnosis of Parkinson's comes about. Now let me follow on. Um, on. On page 42 
in, in a copy of Dr. Parkinson's book, uh, he writes this. We chiefly took notice of the medulla oblongata, which is the area of the medulla just above the spinalis. This was greatly enlarged, passing the usual size by more than one-third. Now, he's quoting this on a particular case history in his book of the Count de Laudat, a Parkinson's patient who passed away under his care, who he treated for quite a few years. It was likewise more compact. In other words, the medulla oblongata was was, uh, inflamed and compact it was likewise um, the membranes which in their con- continuation, uh, sorry, their continuation enclosed the spinal marrow was so tough that we found great difficulty in cutting through them and we observed this to be the cause of the tenderness texture of the cervical nerves. Now when cervical nerves become tenderness, the, the neurotransmitters that are supposed to travel through them to give the neurons and the muscles are signaled to make muscles work normally, they can't flow. So the, the nerves um, are not able to give healthy nerve signals to the muscles to allow a person to move freely. Um, now later on the next page, 43, in summary, he says, from these appearances, we were at no loss to fix the cause of this gradual palsy in the alteration of the medulla spinalis and oblongata. So in this particular case, he blames the palsy that this patient um, suffered from during his progression into um, being deceased, pression of the medulla spinalis. Now, uh, palsy, the meaning of palsy is um, paralysis with tremors. So uh, paralysis with tremors is a very common problem suffered by uh, Parkinson's patients. So now let me let me go to another page on on nerves responsible. Uh, number three here, and I'm, I've got them marked in this book so I can quote them easily. Um, so this is uh, a comment. One of the arms in all the cases which have been here mentioned has been the part in which these symptoms have been first noticed. The legs, head, and trunk have then become gradually affected, and lastly, the muscles of the mouth have yielded to the morbid influence. The arms, the parts first manifested, uh, disordered of action, of course, direct us while searching for the cause of these changes to the brachial nerves, but finding the mischief extending to other parts not supplied with these, but with other nerves derived from nearly the same part of the medulla spinalis. We are, of course, led to consider the portion of the medulla spinalis itself from which these nerves are derived as part in which these changes have taken place, which constitute the proximate cause of this disease. So in many places in this book, he refers to um, particular autopsies he carried out and the nerves that were affected to create the, the paralysis, and, paralysis and tremors um, type symptoms of, of Parkinson's. Now, if I may keep going. Please stop me if I'm going on too, no, please, too long, Robert. Please keep going, no. Please, please okay. keep going. Excellent. All right. So now we have on page 63 of, of Parkinson's book... 
the weakened powers of the muscles in the affected parts is so prominent a symptom as to be very liable to mislead the inattentive who may regard the disease as a mere consequence of constitutional disability. If this notion be pursued and tonic medicines and highly nutritious diet be directed, no benefit is likely to be thus obtained since the disease depends not on general weakness but merely on the interruption of the flow of the nervous influence to the affected part. In other words, taking uh, supplements and diets, he recommends that taking supplements and being on a good diet will not help because the symptoms are caused by nerves that are interrupted by this problem at the C1, C2 area where the uh, medulla spinalis is encased. Uh, one, uh, one more, three, four, five. I've got two more to quote here. Uh, on page 55, but in no case which has been noticed has the patient recollected receiving any injury of this kind or any fixed pain in early life in these parts. He's referring to the medulla spinalis and the C1, C2 vertebra, which might have led to the opinion that the foundation for this inality had been thus laid. On the subject, indeed, of remote causes, no satisfactory account obtained from any of the sufferers. In other words, none of the sufferers could tell Dr. Parkinson that they had damage to the C1-C2, like falling down the stairs or being given a karate chop at the C1-C2. So there was a mystery surrounding why he was always finding uh, during autopsy uh, this uh, diseased state of the medulla spinalis around the C1, C2 vertebra. Okay, one more. Number six um, on page 57. It seldom happens that the agitation extends beyond the arms within the first two years, which period, therefore, if we were disposed to divide the disease into stages, might be said to comprise the first stage. In this period, it is very probable that remedial means might be employed with success and even if unfortunately deferred to a later period, they might then arrest the further progress of the disease, although the removing of the effects already produced might be hardly to be expected. Now, Dr. James Parkinson in this book doesn't, doesn't mention anything about chiropractic in those days, they didn't know about nerve neuron blockages uh, to be released by massage, and they didn't know about negative muscle memory. So these are things that the natural health industry have come up with over the last 30 or 40 or 50 years, perhaps. So he didn't know about those things then, and that's why I believe I've been uh, a successful uh, in treating Parkinson's patients and getting some of them out of their wheelchairs in five to seven days because I'm doing what Dr. James Parkinson uh, suggests. I'm treating the C1, C2, trying to help a person get peace of mind and then trying to get rid of all the muscle uh, stiffness, the nerve junction blockages that stop nerve signals from getting down to the muscles and getting rid of negative muscle memory. So everything he says in his book is right, 
but he just didn't know in those days the importance of chiropractic and all these other natural therapies that I'm using now. According to what you found while treating patients and what Dr. Parkinson's wrote about in his articles, do you believe that if Parkinson's patients fix any neck problems they have, their symptoms will go away, will vanish? Okay, that's, that's a good question. Um, all right, let me say this. If a person catches the progression of symptoms within a year or between a year and, say, 18 months, then yes, the answer is yes. There's a big chance that if they can get rid of their all their neck, excess neck tension, their misalignments, if they also have loss of uh, cervical lordosis, if they can get that lordosis back, then yes, there's a big chance they can get rid of all their symptoms. However, they also have to find what stress, what anxiety, what trauma um, they've gone through that provokes the original um, progression of this excess tension and misalignment at the C1. Uh, but I've also found that when people go past that, that stage of having their, their symptoms for longer than one year, 18 months, a maximum of two years, other things start to go wrong. In other words, if there's lack of blood flow to the upper cervical vertebra, then the discs aren't getting sufficient nutrients to keep regenerating through mitosis. They then will start to degenerate. If there's not enough blood flow around the L4, L5 vertebra, which is a common problem in advanced Parkinson's patients, then the L4, L5 disc will start to degenerate. So there's all these advanced things that start going wrong that make it a heck of a lot harder to overcome the symptoms um, when they've had their symptoms for longer than a maximum, a minimum of two years. Like get past that two-year period and it takes a definite uh, input from a, an experienced practitioner uh, to read the x-rays correctly, to see what's caused degeneration, to find the nerve junction blockages that have stopped blood from flowing to that area around the L4, L5 uh, disc and so on. I see that you often refer to lung efficiency and good postures in matters of health. Are these things really all that influential in overcoming such conditions as Parkinson's disease? Uh, you know, uh, Robert, that, that's also, you obviously did some reading on my website. Mate, uh, oxygen is one of the big keys of immune efficiency. Uh, if, we don't, if we have a low oxygen reading, uh, the normal oxygen reading for a healthy person is 97. Now, you'll notice when every, anybody has an accident and an ambulance turns up, the ambulance attendant brings out his case and he comes over, he opens the case and the very first thing he puts on is either an oxygen mask if he knows the oxygen is needed or he puts what's called an oximeter and, and a pulse meter on to read the pulse and to read the oxygen levels. And in their case, if the oxygen reading is less than 98, they'll put, give oxygen straight away. In hospitals, if oxygen reading is less than 97, a nurse will put the patient on oxygen straight away because oxygen is one of the 
key factors in having a good immune system. And if you if you hunch forward in a bad posture position, you push on your diaphragm, you minimize your lung expansion capabilities, and most definitely you will contribute to muscle stiffness. Because muscle pain and muscle stiffness both begin with a low oxygen saturation reading. I also noticed that you refer to x-rays a lot where medical doctors seem to refer to MRI results. Why do you prefer x-rays over MRIs? Okay. Um, so when I look at an x-ray, I look, at, look for every possible thing that's wrong that will interfere with the nerves that come out from the spine or that will interfere with the normal um, uh, function or ability for the nerves to be comfortable within the spine. And often I can't see that on an MRI because an MRI isn't as clear uh, with calcification spurs on the vertebra, um, the way one vertebra is lined up uh, on, on top of another, um, the, the, the way that the healthiness of what's called the lustra joints in between the cervical vertebrae that keep them in the exact position they're supposed to stay in. Uh, so I need to see those sort of things rather than what our doctors and neurologists are looking for lesions. Obviously they look for other things, but one of the main things that doctors and neurologists are trained to look for are lesions. However, in recent years, they've found, medical research has found that uh, lesions being present in an MRI of a Parkinson's or MS patient uh, doesn't mean any doesn't have anything to do with the cause of Parkinson's or MS or an indication that a person has a disease uh, titled Parkinson's or MS. So they are starting to. I'm, I'm assuming they're starting to change uh, their attitude about wanting MRI instead of X-rays now, and I certainly hope so. I'm sure everybody will want to know, what are the most common problems you have found when looking at x-rays of Parkinson's patients that you've treated? Uh, well, most definitely I go straight for the C1, C2 vertebra to see what shape they're in. Uh, then I look for the, the amount of lordosis or natural curve uh, that the spine, the full spine has, not just the cervical, but the thoracic and the lumbar too. Um, and I look, look at every disc down the spine to see if I see any degeneration, and the next is um, uh, a curvature. If I see um, lower uh, lower thoracic curvature or a, an upper thoracic cervical curvature sideways, I know that that'll be causing pressure on the central nervous system, and it is most common uh, for causing tremors. Even Dr. James Parkinson mentions that also in his book about uh, spinal curvature causing tremors. We know a little bit about Dr. Parkinson's thoughts on diet and supplements. Well, what are your thoughts on diet, supplements, and exercise, No. Okay, so this is a controversial question that you asked here. There's a lot of therapists saying one thing and a lot of therapists saying other things. So I, I would just like to say that due to my observations, I've found that taking vitamins and minerals and herbs and 
mixtures of the same um, don't seem to really help at all in overcoming the symptoms. However, they definitely can help with uh, energy. They can help in some cases, uh, like valerian. One client told me uh, when he takes valerian, um, he takes tablets and has the tea. It helps. It helped him sleep better since he started taking it. And there are med- medical journals um, that, that say part, part of the cause of Parkinson's disease is uh, lack of REM sleep. Um, one one particular medical journal is the Journal of Homeostasis in Health and Disease, April 1999, volume 39, pages 107 to 111. It's very detailed in the importance of, of sleep. So... Um, if you're not getting good nutrient, it can interfere with your sleep. So I'm definitely for my clients going on a, a decent diet and having certain uh, vitamins, particularly B group for nerves, uh, E for cell repair, uh, iron, and uh, and some minerals are missing depending on the emotions. Um, the clients who I find who are angry, they hold a lot of anger, uh, due to their their emotional trauma they've gone through, they respond best to certain minerals. And people who are depressed, they respond to other minerals. So it definitely helps, but I have to point out, diet and supplements definitely do not really help to get rid of the symptoms. Do you feel that relaxation and meditation can help overcome Parkinson's symptoms? Uh, look, honestly, Robert, you can't do without them. They, they are so helpful in my treatment. I, uh, when, when the listeners go onto your website and watch the webpage you put up for me, um, you'll see a, a client I treated, a chiropractor, Dr. Jim Marcoux. Now, he, when he came to me, he could hardly walk certainly had trouble turning around on the spot to walk back the other way and uh, I gave him a uh, an hour massage mo- gave him a motivation talk during the massage and got him to be proud of himself um, a little, he'd, he'd really lost a lot of self-esteem to a bad a bad uh, uh, personal problem in his life um, and within, I guess it was an hour and a half or so he, he was able to walk normal. It was only temporary because he still hadn't had his spine adjusted, but relaxation and, and meditation uh, can be so powerful. Uh, massage to get rid of the tension also can be so powerful that it, I've seen it get rid of symptoms within an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. However, if all the other basic causal problems, the C1 misalignment, the excess neck tension, spinal curvature, um, low oxygen saturation, if they're not overcome as well, the symptoms come back within the same amount of time. But but most definitely, Robert, a relaxation, a meditation and massage, I could not do without them. Parkinson's patients can experience bladder incontinence and interrupted sleep, as you already mentioned. Can you offer any advice to patients who are listening to help them overcome these two particular problems? Okay. Now, 
the bladder problem, that's not just common to Parkinson's patients. As you would know, um, being a health enthusiast yourself, Robert, a lot of elderly people suffer that um, bladder incontinence and have to get out of the bed in the middle of the night and so forth. So that's not necessarily a symptom of Parkinson's, but it is always there. So let me point out some of the things that have to be done that also cause Parkinson's symptoms, as well as some of the things that have to be done that don't necessarily um, help to overcome Parkinson's symptoms. First of all, having a loss of lordosis in the cervical spine through excess tension in your neck, that can cause bladder incontinence because it puts pressure on the whole central nervous system. Um, and it also releases uh, the hormone acetylcholine, a sh sh shock and um, uh, interference with the nerves through misaligned C1-C2, loss of lordosis. Uh, it causes an automatic release, excess amount of acetylcholine. Um, I'm sorry, noradrenaline, which makes the muscles go tighter. So if you've got a tight neck, you've got incontinence, the best thing you have to do is to get rid of that neck tension, have a chiropractor check the spine, um, and that's things that Parkinson's patients need to do anyhow. But now, on the other hand, let me explain this. If a person is not social anymore, if they confine themselves to their house, if they're negative, if they've lost interest in life, they will cause an excess release of noradrenaline to cause tension and that incontinence thing will come about through that. If we, if we go out and we socialise and we work in the garden and grow some really prize-winning roses or something, um, we release acetylcholine and endorphins that release tension from our muscles and get us excited about life again and bladder incontinence goes away. Let me, Robert, let me quote you uh, a story. I, I had someone uh, say to me once, um, uh, look, you know, I'm, I'm 70, I think she was 72, and my husband's 74. We both had bladder incontinence. It's so annoying getting up in the middle of the night. And they had no, uh, they weren't diagnosed with Parkinson's or any, uh, you know, complicated uh, autoimmune disorder. I checked their spine, their C1, C2 were in alignment but they were very tight. They had tight neck muscles. And I said to them, all right, what, when's the last time you went out and had a good belly laugh? When did you go to a, a, a show, to go to the movies? Oh, we don't go out much. We, uh, we, have, uh, we collect DVDs. We've got plenty of DVDs, watch them at home. When's the last time you invited friends over to socialise with them? Or, you know, do you go to church? Oh, no, we stick to ourselves. And I said, all right, as strange as this may sound, I want you to try something. I want you to go to the local church next Sunday and Friday night go out to a show. Saturday night, invite people over and, and have socialise a little bit. And then ring me up on Monday, or ring me up on Tuesday or Wednesday and tell me if your bladder incontinence is still with you or it's gone. Well, they phoned me during the, the next week. They said, it's totally gone. Uh, I, we don't understand. What, what's that got to do with it? A lot of people don't realise that what thoughts and emotions we have causes an instant release of hormones that will have a negative effect on our immune system and our muscles or a positive effect. Now, in one of your radio interviews, I heard you explaining to people about 
um, emotional trauma being a main one of the main causes of Parkinson's disease. And you were pretty much on the ball with that, mate. And I'm, I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm very impressed with a lot of the interviews you've done and a lot of the knowledge that you've you've accumulated through doing this show. I'm so impressed that I wouldn't mind if uh, you were to interview a few Parkinson's patients on your show and get their story, and then you and I treat them for five or ten days and then interview them again to show people, uh, to give people the update interview because uh, you said on this, this radio interview that you honestly believed that uh, emotional trauma was one of the main causes. And you're right. I find it in every client. Pretty much in every client. That sounds like a fantastic idea, Noel. This is Robert Rogers, your host, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Noel Batten. Well, all things considered, then, Noel, how big a role do you think anxiety plays in the development of Parkinson's disease? Uh, you know, Robert, it's, it plays a big part. And you, you said it yourself on that interview that I, I heard you talk about. You, you said it yourself. Anxiety is a problem. It, it stops us from having peace of mind and a happy heart. Um, people who, who carry anxiety with them at all times, they don't sleep properly. So when you don't sleep properly, any number of things can go wrong. And I think that uh, it affects the, the nervous system. It can even cause one particular problem according to the subject. For example, if you're, if you're really anxious, if you suffer anxiety about um, new things coming into your life because you have a lack of confidence, uh, the area of the body that um, deals with incoming is the stomach and often people with anxiety get stomach cramps. So most definitely... Uh, any of your listeners have anxiety out there and they have a health problem, they need to look at joining the two together and see if they fix the anxiety that their health problem goes away. Now, Noel, I actually spent about 12 years during my early years in Atlanta, Georgia. You don't seem to have a southern or Georgia accent. Where are you living right now? <laughs> I'm living in Marietta. <laughs> Marietta, Georgia, and I've just about got 50% of the population here being able to say, how you going, mate? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Often I go to the shops and they, they say, where are you from? I'm from Australia. Oh, I love the accent. Oh, okay. So see if you can, I'll teach you some. See if you can say, how you going, mate, and join it all together. <laughs> and most of them can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Well, so how do people get in touch with you if you, they'd like to get follow-ups and some diagnostic assistance? Uh, well, definitely my website, uh, uh, com, or uh, com is my email address. Or Am I allowed to say my phone number on air at all? Well, of course, of course, yes, of course. Okay. Uh, they can phone me in uh, Marietta, Georgia on 845-701-6817. And I want to spell that website address for everyone a little bit slower. It's, of course, www. And then it's his name, noelbatten.com, and that's spelled N-O-E-L-B. 
A T T E N dot C O M. Now, you are available to provide, obviously, local assistance to individuals there in Georgia, but what about people who are living in New York State or California or Hawaii or Alaska? Are you also available to provide some help and support to those folks as well? Uh, Yes, Robert. I have what's called a travel-to-treat program. So people can um, either come to me in Marietta, Georgia, or they can have me fly to them and treat them in their home. And I started that because a lot of Parkinson's and MS patients who I treat are in wheelchairs. They find it extremely difficult to travel to come to me. Uh, so, yes, I have a travel street program where I go to them. I've been already to Germany, Norway, England, uh, Brazil, and it, it gives me a chance to have a look at different places when I go to treat people. So I rather enjoy it, mate. And can you also provide consultations through something like Skype, for instance, rather than actually going to see someone personally? Most definitely. If people want to um, uh, have me even just look at them on on Skype, I can. Uh, they can stand back from their computer screen. I can look at them. Uh, they turn side on, front on. I can comment on their posture. Uh, they can do what what I call a shadow effect across their back where they stand underneath the light and I look at the shadows on their back so I can I can even see the muscle formations uh, down their back that support the spine I can often tell a lot of uh, a lot of things from just from doing that and then I I have certain questions I can ask Uh, they can also uh, have x-rays taken and uh, email them to me Um, when they get their x-rays taken, if they get them done through a chiropractor, uh, the chiropractors will allow them to take photos of the x-rays on their light box and then they can send me the photos and I can give them some feedback and and advice through through, uh, looking at their x-rays and so forth. On the radio show page, there are images that you can actually examine that Noel has prepared. Noel, would you like to talk a bit about what people are seeing when they look at those images? Okay. Um, Well, first of all, I've got uh, some photos of neck muscles that are really tight in Parkinson's patients I've treated, and I have a healthy, soft, relaxed neck muscle that they can see in, in order to compare. I love... Robert, I love before and after videos and pictures and uh, I love to give proof, even to myself, that something is working. So uh, even when I do massage on people, I I connect the oximeter pulse meter to my clients so that I can see through the readings that my massage is actually having an effect. So on on your website there, I've got those images that you put up for me that we have a nice, healthy, soft, relaxed neck muscle. And then I have four photos of Parkinson's patients I treated. Uh, several of them have got unbelievable tension on one side and, and on both sides uh, of the what's called the lateral border of the trapezius muscle, um, pulling, the, pulling on the cervical spine, destroying the lordosis, the natural curve, and pulling the C1, C2, and even other vertebrae. Some of the tension is so advanced on those photos that you put up there for me, mate. 
um, they've pulled out uh, three, four, five vertebrae down the down the top section of the spine. Uh, I've also got Dr. Jim Marcoux's posture improvement photos. They're amazing. He he was such a motivated uh, uh, patient when we worked together for uh, seven days. I think I treated Dr. Marcoux. He just he was so driven, mate, to get better, and and he did. It was it was excellent. Um, I've actually got two X-rays, two neck X-rays that uh, you put up on your website there for me, Robert, to show people. Uh, one of a healthy neck that's got the natural curve uh, or lordosis, and another of a Parkinson's, a typical Parkinson's patient neck X-ray that shows how the neck's straight and lost the curve totally, and some. Parkinson's patients' neck, necks are actually reversed the other way in some cases. Um, it sh I show on these two x-rays uh, how people can, they stop the photo when it's revol revolving and they can see, they can read it and see how the C1 uh, is turned on one x-ray and the other one, it's not turned, it's not out of alignment. So they can read the explanation on those x-rays and learn from them uh, to know exactly what I'm, I'm talking about, about neck problems causing Parkinson's disease. Some people listening to this radio show have just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. What would you like to say to them right now? Right now, you must get your mind right. You must develop peace of mind so you can sleep well. And you must is something about getting rid of all the excess tension in your neck muscles and across the back of your shoulders. Noel Batten, you have communicated such rich and powerful information during this radio show interview with you. If there's one thing you want to make sure that listeners remember, that is if somebody said, well, what did he talk about? What do you want people to remember? Well, definitely the neck. And there, is, uh, there are three tests that I have on my website and in my books that every Parkinson's patient, MS patient, whatever, even healthy people can try this to gauge their stress. Uh, there are three neck turn tests. If you turn your chin over to your right shoulder and bring your shoulder over to try and touch them both, you're feeling a soreness in your neck. Then turn your chin to your left shoulder. Right around as far as you can, bring your left shoulder up to touch your chin Stay there and become aware of what you feel in your neck. Then, then, then test two is to put your chin on your chest. Be aware of what you feel in your neck. Then look up to the ceiling. Put your head as far back as you can. Be aware of what you feel in your neck. Then the third test is to stay looking straight ahead and bend your head sideways as though you're trying to listen to your left shoulder then be aware of what you feel in your neck, and then bend to the right, be aware of what you feel in your neck. And in some cases, uh, quite a few cases actually, I've had Parkinson's and MS patients tell me when they do the turn to the left and right, in particular, something changes in a symptom. So if that happens to you, that will be proof that your neck problems are a big causal problem in the development of your symptoms. You have these marvelous books that you've written. Do you have a, any particular book that you'd like to recommend to people who currently experience Parkinson's symptoms? 
Um, most definitely my my book, Parkinson's Disease, The Greatest Medical Blunder, and I, <laughs> I say that <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I just think that the medical profession have made a really bad boo-boo on this one. Uh, they're not willing to admit it. They're not... They're not, they didn't listen to Dr. James Parkinson's writings back in 1817, and they're still not listening now, but that's another story. But definitely, my book, uh, Parkinson's Disease, The Greatest Medical Blunder, will definitely give you a list of things to do at home that will help you. And I also offer um, a massage DVD to follow my particular um, type of massage and four relaxation CDs to learn how to relax on the inside to get rid of tension and uh, several other products there that go in a eight uh, product pack that people can buy so they can I call it self-help treatment at home and people can get access uh, to all of those valuable resources from your website and that would be www.noelbatten.com and again that's n o e l b a t dot com. Sounds to me like it would be a good investment to acquire those materials rather than spending $25,000 to get stem cell therapy to me. Yeah, yeah that, that, that only gives temporary relief, if any. But yeah, you're right. Right. Well, no, Batten, okay. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm, I'm really so pleased and delighted that we finally were able to get you to be a guest on the radio show. The information will prove to be invaluable for thousands and thousands of people who currently experience Parkinson's symptoms. Excellent, excellent. Robert, I, I, I'm so impressed with your, um, your audio tapes that you've got available to everyone. And your knowledge, mate, I, I'm, you're a legend to me, mate. I'm, I, I don't think I've come across anybody uh, promoting uh, help for Parkinson's patients uh, that even comes close to you, mate. You're a legend in my book. No, thank you so much for those kind words. They certainly make my day today. And that's, good, that's what's that's happening good. on the shores of the Puget Sound in Washington <laughs> State, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you are here listening to this radio show today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. Thank you so much for joining us today. May your coming week prove to be spectacular.